0: As I grow older, I tend to treat warning labels and warning signs a little bit differently. When I was younger, a warning sign was an invitation. I translated do not enter to mean there must be something really good in there. Or do not touch would for me mean, well, what happens if I touch it? Now that I'm older, I don't even have to read the warning. If it's yellow or red, I just stay away from it. I figure whatever it is, it's just not worth the risk. The people of the Old Testament day needed to grow a little older. They had plenty of warning signs. The prophets had brought them warnings by the boatload. Isaiah, in the 10th chapter here, identifies a root problem. He's speaking specifically to the empire of Assyria, but what he says to them applies to all of us. Our root problem is pride. Verse 15, he writes, does the axe raise itself above him who swings it, or the saw boast against him who uses it? as if a rod were to wield him who lifts it up, or a club brandish him who is not wood. This morning, I I hope all of us will recognize the significance of the danger of pride. The Bible tells us that pride turns life upside down. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 15 occurs within a section of Isaiah's prophecy that is given to the nation of Assyria. The nation of Assyria was the most powerful empire in the world at this time. They had swallowed up several nations as they marched through the land And their empire was now threatening both Israel and Judah and would eventually conquer them as well. They were the world power at this time. However, they forgot a lesson that every history student learns the first day. There are a lot of empires throughout history. Anyone who's ever taken a world history exam knows the problem. There are all kinds of names to remember. Nations and empires and kings. The list goes on and on. Keeping all of those straight. Well, that's how history teachers grade exams. Assyria was as powerful an empire as the world had ever seen. But it would not last forever either. But that's not the way they thought. The real problem was they didn't give any acknowledgement to what they needed most of all. The only reason they had any power whatsoever was because God had allowed them to have it. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 20, the Bible says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and season. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. All those who rule are responsible for listening to hearing, and following God's command. Psalm 2 verse 10 says, Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. In other words, those who rule need to remember that God is the one who put them there. The rulers of Assyria did not. They had been specifically by God through the prophets identified as instruments of God's hand. This is the way that Isaiah put it back up in verse 5. Woe to the Assyrian, the rod of my anger in whose hand is the club of my wrath. God had used the nation of Assyria to punish Israel and Judah because of their idol worship. But unfortunately, Assyria didn't acknowledge that truth. Isaiah uses a somewhat humorous analogy of an axe, thinking that it was the one who had cut down the tree. Or or a saw, thinking that it was the one who built a house. As This verse we read a moment ago, verse 15, does the axe... Raise itself above him who swings it. Or the saw, boast against him who uses it. As if a rod were to wield him who lifts it up. Or a club, brandish him who is not wood. Now we might say, that axe cut down that tree. But even when we say that, we know what we mean. We don't mean that an axe ran out into the forest and cut a tree down. We know someone used that axe. To cut down the tree. You might go to a museum and, and look inside one of the cabinets that they have and see the caption underneath a saw saying, This tool was involved in the building of this particular structure. Well, We know that that saw didn't jump into a truck and drive to the lumber yard and load up some lumber and bring it back and saw it at the right degree. Uh, links and the right angles and then put the building together. We understand that a carpenter used that saw to build the building. The final statement that Isaiah makes refers to weaponry, uh, the rod and the club, familiar weapons in the Old Testament day, by themselves, they don't win the battle. The soldier who carries them The one who is not made of wood, that's who wins the battle. Assyria had been an instrument in God's hands. An instrument used to bring Israel and Judah back into a right understanding of their sinfulness. Now had they acknowledged that truth, the nation of Assyria would remain strong. But they didn't. The Bible tells us that pride got in the way. They begin to, to read their own history and look at their accomplishments and forget who had actually done it. They lost sight, not only of who they were, but far more dangerously, they lost sight of who God is. The National Weather Service issues warnings whenever there is weather that could potentially cause dangerous situations. For example, one of the warnings they they issued, they issued one yesterday, in fact, was a, a dense fog advisory, or if it gets worse, a dense fog warning. The advisory is issued whenever visibility drops to a quarter mile or less. A car traveling 70 miles an hour can go over 1,000 feet in 10 seconds. And that makes that fog extremely dangerous. And so they issued the warning. And it actually can be more dangerous than it might seem. Back in 1990, two weeks before Christmas, fog on Interstate 75 caused the worst accident in Tennessee history. Twelve people died that day. Forecasters had been warning about the potential of fog, but drivers on that day said it came instantly, and it wasn't just a quarter-mile visibility. Suddenly they could not see anything. And as folks who are driving normally would do when they run into a situation like that, they slammed on their brakes, which created a 99-car pileup. The cars in the accident were so mangled that authorities were never able to determine what car actually started the accident. In response to all of that, the Tennessee Department of Transportation installed a $4.4 million system of fog detection uh, uh, locations that have Warning lights and signs and even some gates along this stretch of highway that for a long time had been known for its dense fog. Unfortunately, there have been no other mass wrecks on that stretch of highway again during this time. Isaiah was issuing a spiritual fog warning here in Isaiah chapter 10. That's what pride is. It blinds us to who we are. But even more importantly, it blinds us to who God is. Pride makes us think we are more than we actually are. It makes us think that we can accomplish things that we cannot do. Pride can cause us to lose our families. It can cause us to lose our businesses. It can, worst of all, blind us to our need for Christ. That's because pride blinds us to who God is. When we start to think that we don't need God, we forget that God is the one who created us. God's the one who sustains us. God's the one who protects us. Not to mention the fact that God and God alone is God. We aren't. So what are some things we can do to guard against pride? Well, Billy Graham wrote back in 2014, to guard against a self-centered pride. Galatians 6.4 says each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. Where pride takes a wrong turn is, is when the focus comes off of God, and is on us. Brandon Clements, a writer for the North American Mission Board, gave some suggestions on some ways to avoid the dangers of pride. Number one, watch out for those small seeds of pride in your life. Dangerous pride doesn't come all at once. It comes in little spurts. So catch it when it's small, repent of it, and replace it with a clear understanding of God's presence and blessing in your life. Watch out for those small seeds of pride that sometimes come into our life. Number two, don't fall for the lie that you don't need to confess your sinfulness to God or the lie that you don't need the encouragement of fellow believers. When you start to think, well, I don't really need to confess my sin to God. Uh, it's a problem. Take warning. Or when you start to think, well, I don't really need the help and encouragement of other believers. Take warning. Watch for those small seeds of pride. Don't fall for the lie that you don't need to confess your sin to God or you don't need the encouragement of fellow believers. Number three, watch out for those times when you think you can handle it. When you think You've got it under control when you think you don't need God's help. In those times when you think you don't need God's help, that's the time you need it the most. Number four, watch for the times that you neglect to use the gifts that God has given you. God has given each one of us gifts. We're, we're studying about that on Wednesday nights, so we'll pick that up again After our business meeting this Wednesday evening, next Wednesday, we'll start that back up again. And and then the next Wednesday, we'll have an opportunity for you to use a very simple test that will help you understand what your spiritual gifts are. God has given every believer gifts that he intends for us to use. God didn't give us those gifts, and he doesn't give us the blessings that we have for our own enjoyment He gives us the gifts that we have and the blessings that he gives to us to use for his glory. When you aren't using your gifts and blessings for God's glory, watch out. It's a warning. Number five, make prayer a constant practice in your life. One of the things that prayer does, it reminds us that we are Completely dependent upon God. We're completely dependent upon His leadership and His guidance. This is an excellent article that was written for the North American Mission Board, and there's a link for that if you use the little U version uh, notes that we provide each week. It's got a link to just what was an excellent article warning about pride and giving us some help with the warning signs. Of pride. So let's take steps to avoid the disaster that self-centered pride brings in your life. One of the ways we can do that. We've been talking about those one things that we can do to take our life a step forward. If you don't already have this, and I know many of you do, make a daily appointment with God. And make that an appointment you won't miss. Find a time of day that works for you. All of us have those times of the day when when things are a little bit quiet. Maybe it's right when you get up. And if not, get up 15 minutes earlier. (laughs) Find find a time when, when there's not much else going on. phone's not ringing. The doorbell's not ringing. You don't have other things you need to do. First of the day helps for a lot of people. Some people, it's the middle of the day. Uh, maybe when you take your lunch break. Maybe when you, you have a time when you can just get uh, there by yourself. Maybe it's at the end of the day. For some folks, uh, they're not morning people. Uh, working up early is just not something they're able to do. But in the evening time, after all the work is done, after all the things you've needed to get done, you're getting ready for bed, getting ready to, to end for the day, maybe that's the best time for you. But find that time that works for you and make an appointment with God. And sit down with your Bible and begin to pray for God to lead you. Look to the Scripture to find that wisdom that only God's Word can provide. Look to the Savior for the wisdom that only He can give to you through His Holy Spirit. Make that appointment with God to remind yourself of how much you need yeah. Watch out for the warning signs of pride. Heavenly Father, help us. Pride is something we all deal with, it, it's a human condition. And unfortunately, we are inclined to sometimes think more of ourselves than, than we truly are. And that's simply because we forget who you are. So remind us, Heavenly Father. Help us to watch out for the warning signs of pride in our life, for those, those times when we are not focusing on you. God, help us to make time each day to refocus our life on who you are. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.